Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. This is a HeadGum Podcast. to another edition of Melro 210, a We Hate Movies quarantine sideshow where we ask you to remain indoors but put on your sunscreen because we are going back to the West Coast for the last time for Melrose Place here, guys. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. It is sad. It is sad. I want to introduce my Satanists in arms here. That's right. My name. Uh, I've I've got Eric Siska. Howdy, partner. Uh, Chris Cabin. Oh, hi, hi. Uh, and uh, Andrew Jupin. Yo. And I am Stephen Sadak, of course. So we are going to be talking about the the whole truth, season one, episode sixteen, original air date, November the eighteenth, nineteen ninety two. We weren't sure. It's interesting because we weren't sure. A uh, little recession talk in this episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so we're we're poking at the uh, the 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 J W the G W B White House a little bit here. <laughs> don't like that bar. It's, it's funny that, but they don't really want to deal with like the realities of unemployment either. Like Jane gets like. Her her store goes bust, and they're like, "Oh, what am I gonna do for a job? Oh, I'm offered a job." <laughs> yeah. oh, that's instantly, so good. instantly, <laughs> while I'm cleaning out my fucking desk from the last job. Uh, yeah, this is how this will be our last Melrose Place episode of the season. We're gonna call it the season because it is gonna come back on quor- uh, on Patreon. Yeah, gonna- a, a date to be determined. Yes. TBD. But it's this is the uh, this is the end of Melrose Two and the Melrose Place portion of it today. But we're gonna talk about it first. Yeah. Come on. Well, before oh, we get into yeah. it, Steve, I want people. Let's check the temperature of the room. Do you, have you liked the Melrose Two and experience? Please rate a review on iTunes or wherever you get the show. Are Let we us skyping? Know there. In, are we skyping into a room? somewhere where people are raising their hands here <laughs> okay, yeah, you in the back question question uh yeah so this episode i can't even remember i just wa- literally just watched i don't remember the exact first scene of the episode is it is it billy it's, yes, it's, yes right, it's, it's billy, billy. yes that's Billy's right getting dressed to go cruise for babes at shooters he is dressed like fucking magnum pi dude it, it is he really something is. you also here's a here's a tip if you're going out like on the prowl, don't go to like your fallback regular joint. Also, you know yeah. what I mean. But yes, but this is this it proves to be a lie. By the way, that's that's mm-hmm. a scam. So, that's Billy for uh, you. 
exactly a huge liar allison is like oh yeah looking good i'm like is he because he's (laughs) actually wearing a suit jacket with a hawaiian shirt tucked in i I just don't think cts can do sarcasm (laughs) yeah that's a good point she's like looking good (laughs) cabin i know that you you were just abbreviating courtney thorne smith there but uh People in the film exhibition industry, especially in the Northeast, may know of CTS as Cinema Technology Services, the dudes that come and fix your projectors. So I was like, what is he talking about? Imagine if you called them and then Courtney Thorne Smith showed up. And she's like, <laughs> she's, well, she's yeah. working as the yeah the receptionist yeah. there. Yeah, I invented it. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, I hi, to, hi. After acting, Melrose. Acting didn't work out, so I'm fixing projectors. <laughs> It's still in the industry. Um, That tucked-in Hawaiian shirt, by the way, those shirts are not made for tucking. They are not made for tucking. Even in the 90s, I know we were tucking everything every which way, but you've got to let those babies fly, and you cannot put a jacket over a Hawaiian shirt either. Oh, 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 and tucked into jeans. Uh, That is something. We're we're ragging on this, but honestly, it's the best Billy's ever been dressed, maybe. (laughs) That's a good point. Later on in the episode, Michael is wearing a shirt that Billy should wear. Which is this fucking uh, this fucking uh, um, uh, Pugsley Adams shirt he's wearing in the in the pool scene? Oh yeah, he's got uh, a T-shirt with Pugsley Adams on it. No, it's just it's like striped, striped, a big, stripes, a big, big oh, horizontally striped oh. shirt. It looks like a little Folks, kid. It is so big. This shirt is so big on him. I I tweeted a picture of this, but it is it is ridiculous because it's like it's going past the way, well past the crotch. It's well, like yes. down to his legs. Oh. And it what? happens. And it happens in a very important scene that we will talk about very soon. But I, like, call, I call it my boner hider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't see my boner. <laughs> no uh, tense here. So Allison's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm going. I'm going out to cruise for babes that uh, shooters don't wait up. <laughs> don't even think about it." Uh, <laughs> well, and then Allison does try to like tag along. Oh, though. that's right. It's sad. It's sad, kind of. Yeah. She's like, oh, uh, oh, you know, you're going to shooters. Awesome. I'm going to come. I'm not going to defrost this chicken. We'll have a great night. I was like, oh, actually, ah. Uh... Which I do agree. Like, it's kind of it would be hard to you know pick up anybody if you're with somebody like a lady like that. It's kind of yeah easy. You'd assume that they were together. Well, uh, you're going out with a looker like CTS. I mean, come on. Exactly. Well, he has to talk in the most baby terms imaginable. So he's like. Uh, Allison, I'm going cruising for babes. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to go cruise for babes, which means I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> Allison, Allison is the one that says cruising for babes. Oh, is it her? Oh, she, goes, she just goes, ah. Because when she invites herself, he's like, uh, actually, ah, uh, 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 and he gets stuck. And she just goes, Ah, cruising for babes. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go nug some grindage. So... <laughs> Allison, I'm wheezing the juice. Get out of here. <laughs> Dude, that happens a lot. He's wheezing the juice in his room. <laughs> he leaves the door slightly open. She's like, hey, Bill, you want to? Oh, God. <laughs> no, she says, no wheezing the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reach out the juice. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My, uh, <laughs> my favorite thing, so two things happened right at the end of this scene. A, there's an Old Spice joke, which just brought me back. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Back to the 90s, and I felt good for a little bit there. But also, <laughs> as he's making his way from uh, his apartment to Joe's, all of a sudden the Roseanne theme kicks in. <laughs> what is going on with this sex harmonica? <laughs> 
dude, that would be great if someone was just playing the Roseanne bar laugh out a window. That's a great way to punk people. You just get that really loud and then like watch people walking by. Oh, God. The interesting tie into the Roseanne intro, we do later get a, a table full of Chinese food in the Mancini household. Yeah, they weren't playing poker around it, though. <laughs> they, uh, he, yeah, he's actually secretly going up to Joe's. He, he grabs a bottle of champagne that he's stashed in, like, the shrubbery with uh, some glasses. By the way, uh, I'm hoping, Billy, if you get invited in, you rinse those glasses. Jesus Christ, they're sitting out in the garden. There's definitely dirt in them, bugs and shit. Uh, <laughs> so he's like, he goes, he goes up to Joe's place, and it's like, Oh, hey, Joe, uh... Fancy meeting you here at your apartment. Um, I noticed I, I was cleaning up my fridge. I found this bottle of champagne. Wanna split it? And immediately she's like, what smells like shit? <laughs> Why is there part of a fica plant in one of those glasses? <laughs> exactly. Oh, you like to drink spiders, right? <laughs> drink spiders. Oh, I'm just going to drink some spiders here, Joe. You want to get in on this? This is the latest fad. Vintage Black Widow, Joe. <laughs> uh, but she's like, no, I was going to do nothing. I was like, why don't we do nothing together? And she's like, no. And also, like, I don't know, dude. Like, the move is if you, the move is take her to Shooters. Why don't you be like, hey, Joe, I was just actually going, heading out to Shooters. Do you want to come along? I, show you the town kind of a thing? Like, that's, like, sort of at least. It's, sure. It's, yeah. I mean, right. it's never show like, up with boot. Like, what are you doing? Can, can I just show up with alcohol? Oh, hey, Joe, how's it going? Uh, so eight o'clock, I found a bottle of champagne. You want to give me a blowjob or <laughs> what? I mean, that is the translation exactly. of what is happening here because he is not a smooth operator in the slightest. Like, well, I'm shocked that she didn't open that door and he just went, ball, <laughs> fuck my dick, ball. <laughs> oh, God. He, she says, like, oh, uh, no, I plan on doing nothing tonight. He's like, oh, perfect. We're doing nothing together. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Uh, she's like, no, thank you. So he winds up, I guess, asking Jake or finding Jake at Shooters, and they're just drinking and lamenting, you know, this new this new crazy cast member they got. There's a couple of problems here. Uh, one, you're just bringing this bottle of champagne into another bar and the glasses? I don't think so. What's the corking fear at Shooters is my question. Totally. I mean, this is it's a fucking table service situation. Like, they're at a table. Well, no way is this going to fly. Well, well, they've had to do, you know, behind the scenes, it's a scene you don't see, is they had to discuss since, uh, uh, what's her name? I've already forgotten her name. Sandy, y'all, how could you forget me? <laughs> oh, I'm so broken, Chris Cabin. I can't believe that. My heart is broken in two, y'all. You forgot my name. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> but, like, Sandy was definitely, like, allowing them to do stuff like that, like, sneak in their own stuff. Yes. Yeah. So there had to be a discussion with the manager, be like, cut the shit. Your fucking stupid southern friend's not here anymore. Or maybe Billy stole the champagne from Shooters and then stashed it in his bushes, and now he's just bringing it back like nothing happened. That, that actually makes a ton of sense. The uh, second, the second question I just had really quickly: Does did Grant show get a bad haircut at the yes. start of this episode? Yeah. Yes, he it's, looks different. He doesn't look as as hunky. It's weird. It's like, a weird, like, Incredible Hulk 1970s kind of, like, mop top thing. It's not yeah, great. I, he needs a trim up, man. It was, it was distractingly like, bad. He looks like Chekhov on Star Trek. <laughs> he, does, <laughs> he does. That's exactly what it is. It's Walter Koenig's monkey's wig. This episode is him beginning to get, you know, domesticated. So yeah. maybe 
that's a reflection of that. He has to look stupid. Yeah, he's getting <laughs> domesticated. He's finally potty trained and shit. <laughs> um, so, but he, Bill, important. The only important part here is Billy does tell Jake his line of "Let's do nothing together," and he's like, "Ah, better luck next time, Billy." And then the next day, Joe is taking photos of Jake's bike, like laying on the ground, getting like these, you know, kind of angular shots. He's like, "Huh." I charge two dollars a piece for those, baby. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good line, and she, you know it's she's smooth. like, oh, she's like, oh, you know, just take a picture of your bike. I'm gonna head inside, and she's like, well, what, let's go, let's go, let's uh, go for a ride. And he's like, she's like, oh no, I want to do nothing. He's like, why don't we do nothing together? By the way, fucking cucking Billy with his own line, yes. love it, pretty love great, it. pretty yeah. great. You know, this she, reminded me of something. Uh, Steve, did this did this recall any memories of something that happened to you in a similar situation? I do not have a motorcycle. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking or have I dated I'm, a man with a motorcycle? But you I'm are talking... doing nothing tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the line working when it didn't work for Billy. Oh, well, I mean, kind of, sort of. Yeah, I do remember we were at a party once, and I forget, I, don't, I forget the circumstances. I was sort of hitting on a woman, and... Something, something. It was right around the time League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came out, oh, wow. and uh, and something, something came up. It was it it, it it fell into conversation, and I just did a Sean Connery. Well, she's out of your league, and like nothing. And she's like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> this girl turned into a statue. And then five, not ten minutes later, my better-looking friend is talking to her, and something, something, something. She's out of your league, and she starts. I'm like, oh, that just makes it. Dude, when it happened in this episode, my brain shot right back to that party. I couldn't even believe it. I should have uh, turned around and looked, well, I'm sorry I'm short and stormed out. That's what I should have said. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, so they wind up going. He, like, takes her to the fucking makeout point here on the mo- motorcycle. Uh, she's driving, I think, right? Is, is that what's yeah. happening? Yeah. She's driving because this is where he goes, uh, where would you learn to ride like that? And she casually goes, oh, prison, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. This is a weird, It's it, it didn't look like a make-out ridge to me. It looked like abandoned factory, middle oh, of nowhere. I know what like, this is. This is where he disposes of, of the bodies. Absolutely correct. Yep, 100% <laughs> yep, correct. It's, it's the riverboat strangler. This is where he calls going to the docks. Yeah, you want to check like, out the ravine with me, man? <laughs> Look, I can only put so many in the water after I'm done with them, okay? You have to understand. I have to bring some of them to land. Some, some have to go out in the desert, dude. See, that's how he could, confuses the police. He, he strangles them on the water and then drags them to this <laughs> desert ravine. My favorite thing. We about- call him the wet dry killer. <laughs> It's like Hannibal. It really is like Hannibal. Yeah, it's amazing. Is it the strike? She, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. She she like survives this encounter. Well, my favorite thing is the the ride there. They start having motorcycle sexy talk. Oh yeah, like she's like revving it up and be like, oh, oh, the power. And like his response to that is like, oh yeah, you better watch out or you might uh, swallow a moth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a weird. Because she's like, Very this weird. is this is so great, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, well, let's see how great it is when you swallow a moth at sixty miles an hour." And I was like, "What else do you want swallowed at sixty miles an hour?" <laughs> yeah, I, co- I come at sixty miles an hour. <laughs> Just shoots out like a gun. I come one mile at a time. <laughs> uh, but she's like, "Hey, man, actually, I'm gonna." 
I head back into town because I got this job interview. And I, I mean, if I'm Jake, I'm like, didn't you have nothing to do all day? And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll drive you. Like, he drops her off. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> he drops her off. She winds up going into a pawn. She like kind of does a, uh, a quick turnaround, goes into a pawn shop and uh, tries to pawn her this this bracelet she has. It's worth at least 10 grand. But the guy wants to give her seven. We're haggling. And he's like, I just need a photo ID. It's like, I don't have one, which I do not understand this part of the story. It's garbage, and she does the whole, like, because uh, uh, later it comes up again. I think Jake is like, what do you mean you don't have ID? And she's like, what New Yorker do you know that has a driver's license? And it's like, yeah, but there's also just state-issued IDs. Because you need it to exist. Well, you know what I, I mean? Right. I, I don't really know. Like, 92, I guess, maybe you could have gotten a, a, a flight across the country without showing a fucking ID of any kind. But I don't also know. getting an apartment, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't know how this woman doesn't have an ID. Like, it, it just seems very bizarre to me. Well, she barely filled out that application in the last episode and really just Jane let her into the apartment. Maybe she has a passport for those kinds of things, but doesn't want to be showing it for, like, financial transactions. It's very bizarre. So she winds up storming out of this place because the guy won't give her the seven grand without an ID, which is totally right. Uh, and uh, Jake is waiting for her, and he's like, huh. Some job interview at a pawn shop. And she's like, um, are you following me? And he's like, yep, you're mine now. <laughs> you're in the web of the fucking riverboat strangler. Yeah, he's casing the joint before he hits it. Uh, and she's actually like fairly like amenable because he's hot. You know, she's like, oh, you're silly. Uh, and but he she doesn't uh take a ride back with him to Melrose Place. I I don't know about the you're so she's oh, no, yeah, she pissed, pissed. Yeah, she is because he because he offers a ride. He's like, all right, well, let's just go home. And she's like, I'll find another way. And he's like, all right. And there was a weird shot of like, it's like Grant show actually in traffic with this motorcycle. And I was like, oh. And he you see him. He looks and makes sure that no cars are coming. I was like, oh, thank God, because it does not look like this road is closed. <laughs> if I'm Jake, I'm starting to believe she's a jewelry thief. Yeah, like yeah, cat, it was a cat burglar. She keeps on going to like these places where there's a lot of diamonds and gold mm-hmm. stuff. She's photographing everything. She wears black all the time and sneakers for sneaking. <laughs> and it's 92, you might hear more a little bit about like actual jewel thieves hitting like rich people. Um, yeah, it is. When we get to the end of the episode where she kind of reveals everything in quotation marks, it's a bit deflated because she's acting like she's killed somebody. Or something like the way she's like, I can't go back to New York, but I don't know what uh, I, I don't know who Beth is. Who's Beth? Who's Beth? <laughs> um, we can just actually we'll cut in right now with uh, Matt's fucking wet fart of a storyline. Yeah, this let's get crazy. this over with. It this is fucking nuts. trash. I was shocked, couple- by the way, that they actually brought this storyline back. I thought they were just going to like leave that thread hanging. They might as well have not because it's such a nothing. Like They wind up, uh, it's Matt in his lawyer's office, Judith Hogue. The, the great Judith Hogue comes back. Oh, yeah. Uh, original April O'Neil for those uninitiated. Uh, <laughs> she's, uh, and she's like, hey, they offer, hey, guess, guess what I heard from the halfway house? They're offering you your job back. And he's like, great, I'll take it. They're like, well, no. 
you know, this isn't enough. They're not going to learn it, their lesson if unless they they pay pay for it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It kind of it's funny because I just watched the episode of Seinfeld where uh, Kramer sues the cafe latte, uh, oh, the nice. cafe uh, <laughs> the cafe au company or whatever, and they're like, "Well, we'll give you free lattes wherever you want and sold." You know, like, <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a great line that Matt has right here because, like, she's he's so excited to fucking just take the job back, yeah. and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" And he goes, "He goes, Sarah, I miss Kenny and Tiny D." <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> dude, Tiny D, I lost my shit. <laughs> of course, I mean, like later on, he meets somebody from the halfway house, and I was expecting, like, "Oh, so how's Tiny D?" <laughs> totally, or maybe that was Tiny D, like. Oh, they call him Tiny D because his dick is really small, right? Yes, <laughs> I think that's the idea. Okay. Yeah, his name's Jason. <laughs> Jason better known to his friends as Tiny D. <laughs> it is nice to see that Matt like truly cares about that that job and all yes. the kids and sure. Tiny D's and whatever else. <laughs> but like that dude, this dude Pete shows up at the Burger Shack he's working at. And yes. anybody uh, catch this oh, guy? Yeah, by the no. way, is that Jeremy Davies? It's it Jeremy is. Davies, dude. A baby-faced wow. Jeremy Davies. I couldn't wow. believe it. That really makes sense now. Now that you've said that, it all it all clicks into place. And he's doing like a weird Joker laugh and stuff. So <laughs> yes, Matt he reckon- is, dude. Oh man, that was terrifying. And also, you never want to tell somebody they have a terrible laugh. Like <laughs> Matt is like, oh, because he's not sure if it's the guy he thinks it is. And then finally, he Jerry Davies laughs, and Matt's like. Oh yeah, it's you. You know, whatever his name is, he's like, oh, Pete is the guy's name. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, that horrible laugh tortured me for years. (laughs) Thank God I was rid of it. Uh, Nice to see you, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's such a slam, and it's great because, like, you know, and he's just like, oh, you know, he's a kid from the halfway house that made good, and he's like, you know. Whenever I'm out in the boulevard, and he's like, oh, you go back to the boulevard? I was like, well, no, I'm not hustling anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I think about you, you really helped me out. It's kind of a nice, like, he learned his lesson and d- did it's, the... Yeah, it's very nice. It shows that, like, you know, Matt has really been making an impact on, on these young people's lives and that they can go on and do something else. He feels very fulfilled in that role at the halfway house in a way he's not at the burger shack. Oh, b- bikini burger! Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of surprised because just because it was Jeremy Davies and it's an interesting character, I was like, "Oh wow, is he going to be back for more?" No, he's not. That's it's a one well, and done. Well, oh no, I mean, like at the end of it, he does so uh, mat up in a horse um, <laughs> and leaves him there for Hannibal uh, to find. I never got that far into the series. Oh man, you are missing out. I've thought about going back yeah, and checking it out because everyone there's a bit of a Hannibal reappraisal going on because it's on Netflix now, and I'm kind of oh, I'm, I'm yeah. Keep, I, I, I too fell off it. I, I dug never, those first two seasons, but I never went back. I never watched any of it. I guess I just said nay, Chris. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's, wow. uh, that is that's, so wonderful. That's something. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. It's like this weird hustler guy from Matt's past. Is there going to be some tension here? Is he like almost going to date this guy and then not date him or whatever? You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. interesting. No, not for Matt. No. You know, just nothing. So Yeah, he, definitely not. The next, the third seed is just he goes back to Judith Hogue's office and she's like, "Hey, look, they're actually going to offer a settlement of ten thousand dollars and your job back." And he's like, "Great, tell Tiny D I'll be there in five minutes." <laughs> and, it- and this is like, it's it's kind of bullshit because 
the message here is like, don't worry, those people will just be happy to have their job back. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Like the the, well. the nice button on it is at least he tells Rhonda, uh, you know, in a to- it's like a fucking thirteen second throwaway scene that he's using the ten grand. He's donating it all to start a legal aid fund to help uh, you know people who get fired for sexual orientation. Hey. Which is fine, but it's like they should have fucking take, take, taken these dudes it, as the cleaners. It's not as bad as what I was fearing, which was that it was going to be like, look, if you take this further, we're going to have to close the halfway house. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. my real fear of wow, this yeah. game. This is not that bad, but it still sucks. There goes yeah. the orphanage. I mean, <laughs> yep, I there guess, goes Tiny D, dude. <laughs> I mean, Matt has a point here when he says, like, I don't want to be tied up in a court for a year. I want to actually make a difference in people's lives so I can right. understand him taking the yeah. money and going back sure. but it's also like i don't know like aren't there other halfway houses he could work at you know what i mean like that aren't discriminatory right. that he could, there's other tiny Possibly. d's out there well, that's well another... but there's only one halfway house that has kenny <laughs> and tiny d <laughs> well, dude. There, also... there are big d's there are small d's there are all kinds of d's <laughs> people mean... have big d's people have small d's people, people... find d's they lose them <laughs> oh losing the d dude <laughs> don't lose the d um Jesus. Anyway, um, <laughs> fuck, what was I saying? Oh, because, you know, I mean, Matt is kind of maybe smart here not to pursue further legal action because um, it, we didn't get see success in it until 2020. Yeah, yeah that's I a good mean, point. There's also yeah. that. Yeah, because Judith Hogue's like, you know, we could sue them for like 100 grand and it would be great. You know what I mean? It would really. She's just the- got her fucking career in, in, in the. Uh, Which is kind of a bummer. Like, she should yeah. be more like, hey, look, the only way these people are going to understand is if they have to pay 100000 you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, but she's not, it's it's only $100,000. Exactly. You know? that's I was kind of half expecting, like, like oh, okay, so you're, we're not going to pursue it. It's not going to advance my lawyering career. So this is no longer pro bono. My fee is 10 grand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. It is just so weird, though, that she winds up, I mean, like, they set this whole thing up, and they really just, like, totally abandon this side plot immediately. Yeah, yeah. It's like they they decided to like dip their toe in the water, and it was like, ah! yeah, exactly. Yeah. They kind of wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah, yeah. it's more uh, more interesting to see, you know, uh, the ins and outs of low fashion uh, <laughs> through Jane Mancini. Low let's get, fashion rear. Let's, let's get there. Uh, Jane's subplot is she winds up. Uh, she gets a call in the middle of the night. By the way, it's like eleven thirty. She's like. She's getting down to some fucking with her husband. No, and the, the fucking has just begun. That's yes. the unfortunate part. Michael's like, oh, jeez, I'm getting all come on with the phone calls already. Oh, jeez, I didn't even get my boxer shorts off your phone. <laughs> she uh, gets a call in the middle of the night that her job is closed. They sold it. Uh, pick, they're mailing her a check, but she has to come pick up her personal effects. Like, can I just fucking pick up the check tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, it's probably a thing of like the payroll isn't going to go through, Got it. you know, for a certain point and yada yada. I so, totally forgot she had a job. <laughs> yeah, so did the show. <laughs> and then uh, they were like, oh, we better fucking do something about that. Yeah, she was just always coming home for lunch, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> or she's always waiting for Michael to get back from the yeah. hospital. Um, yeah. So she, she winds up going to work. She's clearing out her shit. There's this insane woman marching around uh, the studio. She just bought it, and she turns out to be the uh, 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 um, the big the big shot designer K Beacon. Oh, the K Beacon. Oh, uh, oh, play, oh, played by Sid Sid Sydney Walsh. A nice uh, 902 and no name there. Um, she has oh, yeah. a she has a voice that made me think she was in league with Malachi Throne. 
She's very like, hi, hi, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Jane. Why don't you come yeah. work for me? There's definitely a smoldering evil under the surface. A little bit, right? <laughs> uh, she's had a uh, she had a movie career here. She's in Point Break as Miss Deer. She's in Nightmare on Elm Street 2 uh, as Carrie. So there's some stuff going on. Yeah, I was trying to see what she looked like in uh, Nightmare 2. In Nightmare 2. I can't. It doesn't look she's like she's pretty low on the cast. So she probably was like. Oh, yeah, you know, like woman number four or something like that. Whatever. So yeah. she's like this. This performance is kind of nuts. I don't know. Is she supposed to be drunk? Is she high? She's like, oh, hello. Look at you. Aren't you a cute one with your buttons and your shirts and things? And you think you're K-Beacon. You're not K-Beacon. I am. Uh, my, my line in my notes was, Jane, you fuck up. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> And that seems to be her idea of Jane throughout this whole Because she's like, oh, nice nice dress that you designed yourself, did you? Interesting. It's just a knockoff of one of my designs. And she's like, well, no, it's not. Well, it is, but anyway, you got a job if you want it. It's like, what? <laughs> Dude, the whiplash that I got in this scene with this, like, gaslighting maniac. Like, I could not <laughs> figure out what was going on. I couldn't gauge what she was doing because it's just a lot of, like, like you know mood swingy almost like one second she's just like being super mean and i mean i guess that's kind of the point of it also because jane herself can't she says later she can't get a read on this woman well right when she enters this the scene the first thing she's like oh my god is this a plus size store (laughs) yes what what the hell is going on here oh my god is what oh and who are you you're a knockoff of a knockoff but you did it (laughs) smartly you yeah, did it's it like, smartly. It's like someone's there to clear out their desk, and it's like, oh, wait a second. Stop there, you. This is a surprise job interview. And <laughs> by the way, you're shit. Yeah. Also, do you want the job? Like, what? It's like a, it's like a job interview where they're nagging you the whole time. Mm. I, well, just, uh, I just was able to sum up what this uh, actor's career is like here. She, between 1997 and 1998, made at least one maybe two appearances uh acting in reenactments for beyond belief factor fiction <laughs> that Ooh. sounds right so that's that's all you need to know when yes. so she walks in and jane does a like oh yes uh, i'm leaving now i just have to get my design book <laughs> oh right yeah you're right <laughs> and she takes a look and she calls her a piece of trash but she needs her immediately yeah. to work on uh, her brand new line i guess <laughs> So she gets this cool new job. She's working for her. the next day. She's working there, and she's like, "So you said you knew how to do this?" And she's like, "I do." Well, you don't know how to do it the Cape Beacon way. By the way, here's a free dress. What the fuck? <laughs> Did I yeah. mention I'm K Beacon? <laughs> don't. Uh, would you like pizza, Jane? Yes, of course you would, because it's fucking terrible. I'll have three slices. What? <laughs> <laughs> This is a very bizarre uh, performance. Oh, Jane, would you like to unload this gun in your mouth? No? Well, of course not. Suicide is bad. No, go. <laughs> Man, Bud Dwyer's last words. <laughs> um, the other part, so she, you know, she's like kind of uh, talking to Michael. And I, Michael, you've got to give this woman a long leash here because you've been talking about the hospital this whole fucking show. Oh, my dude, this fucking asshole. Like, it's been one day. One day this woman has had this job, and he's like, yeah, you know, can we get your boss out of the conversation already, Bogle? Also, you're a week off from befriending a fucking wife abuser. Like, maybe fucking take it easy. Maybe give some space. 
by the way, what's the update there? That woman dead? What happened? <laughs> we we have fucking no idea. We're never gonna mention those people I, ever no, again. Of course, I called in Malachine Throne and they were disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> Erase the chessboard. A new game starts next week on Fox. <laughs> and um, so, like, it's kind of a back and forth. They start to almost have sex, and she's like, okay, let me go into the other room really quick. And uh, she goes to the bathroom to get, I, I get her, I guess, her diaphragm uh, out. And Michael's like, whoa, hold on. Aren't we fucking making babies? Are we not making babies or what? I was ready to knock you up, babe. <laughs> What's the point of nothing if the nut doesn't become a baby? <laughs> and she's like... Turns out he had nothing to worry about. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, remember Nut and Honey, the, the cereal? I do. Yeah. What was that? That was like... Um, <laughs> An adult-only like, cereal? <laughs> it's cornflakes frosted with semen. No, it was just a, it was like a gran- granola thing, and it, the ad campaign was like, "What's wrong? Nothing, honey." And you'd be eating this cereal, but it's like as a nothing, but it's nut and honey. Yeah, nuts and honey. Yeah, it was dumb. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so they have this whole kind of blowout here, where he's like, you know, and also Jane, here's the move. Pro tip: just fucking secretly take birth control if you're not ready to get pregnant. Your husband wants to have a baby. Like that's easy. Everybody does that. Absolutely. Also, uh, a, a finer point of advice here, and this goes for cast members on this show, characters on this show, characters on uh, Beverly Hills 90210, close the door. <laughs> also be- true. Because she's just got the bathroom door wide open. He's like, hey, this hog ain't going to be on the farm forever. What's going on? <laughs> oh, babe. Oh. oh, babe, I thought we said we watch each other's shit all the time. <laughs> I'm losing it in here, Jane. We He's are running such... out of air. <laughs> He's such a piece of shit to her in this scene. It's crazy. Yeah, because like, well, we thought we were going to have a baby. She's like, well, not right now. I just got this brand new job. I want to see it through. And he's like, okay, fine. Back to the hospital for me. Yeah, like she she goes one step further and does say she's like, and honestly, Michael, I'm here having serious doubts about having a child at all right now. And yeah. he's like, uh, I'm gonna go to bed. Buckle. <laughs> um, so that's kind of her thing. Um, she goes back the next day, and the boss is giving her more shit here. K Beacon is just outside, like ranting to herself. Clothes are bullshit, but they're life. But they're not shit. Jane, you're shit, but you love. You know, I love you. I love you so much. She's just like spitting at people on the sidewalk. <laughs> It is because well, my favorite line of this whole thing. Uh, this is kind of the last bit of it is like she asks Jane her opinion on her new her new line, and she's like, "Well, you know, I think the buttons should be a little bit bigger, and this should have a belt on it." And she's like, "If the buttons are biggie bigger, then they'll sag and they'll look unneat." Where were you when they taught buttons in fucking design school? <laughs> or she's like, "Were you absent on button day?" Which I do. <laughs> I just imagined. All right, everybody, shuttle down, shuttle down. Yes, it's, uh, you've all on bated breath. It's been a year. It's time. It's button day. <laughs> here's, here's a traditional uh, two holer. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna move on to four holers next week. <laughs> Uh, Now, here's a good thing to remember, everybody. Uh, Some buttons weigh more than other buttons. Easy way to tell that from either the material they're made with, or sometimes one button will be bigger than another one. (laughs) 
<laughs> is everyone taking notes? Now, everybody, a button has to go in a button hole. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then Michael winds up sh- showing up uh, with a, pic- a picnic basket. Because uh, Jane's ready to quit or get fired, but, you know. She Kate- flat out is just like, listen, you're a very confusing person, <laughs> and I don't understand why you're being such a rotten bitch to me the whole time. <laughs> and it's a fucking crazy, like, she's like, uh, Jane, step into my office. And I was like, here we go. It's going to be a spectacular firing. And she's like, you're right, Jane. I'm a total piece of shit, but I think that you could be a great total piece of shit with me if you can stick in and last for another week or you know whatever the line is. Yeah. This picnic basket, by the way. I think the line, by the way, was you could be shit junior. <laughs> junior shit associate. <laughs> yeah, the picnic basket's fucking crazy. I thought Yogi Bear was going to walk by. It's kind of funny, though, because this K Beacon is like, a, oh, it's a delivery. Someone signed for it in the back, and she's like, no, this is my husband. <laughs> the delivery boy is your husband? <laughs> okay, who ordered the pasta primavera? Honestly, guys. <laughs> because I hate it because I love it so much. <laughs> It's the most disgusting food, and it's my favorite thing I'll ever eat. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Pasta Primavera, you can keep it. Yeah, eh. not a big fan. It depends. Depends on who's making it. Eh. But I always least... think about the Pasta Primavera on Seinfeld. Mm. I haven't know, eaten I, that one. I'm sure I've had Pasta Primavera, but I don't even know what that is. It's like a white sauce, I want to say. There's like vegetables in it and whatnot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, vegetables can fuck right off. <laughs> exactly. Give me some red sauce with some sausage in it. Um, that's what I want. And put some uh, Axe body spray on that, too, just to make it a little <laughs> bit more masculine, if you, not, if you wish. Not that, I have, uh, not that I have tried the pasta primavera from Seinfeld, but it's what gives Russell Dalrymple food poisoning. Mm. In oh, right. yeah, yes, it does. Also, Axe body spray in your fucking pasta. I think my- <laughs> So she's like, you know what, Jane? I, I fucking hate your guts, but your husband's beautiful. Have a picnic on the roof. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and, but they do have a picnic on the roof. And nice, nice rooftop. Mm. This is this is a nice work perk. I think she's seeing she's seeing things like the K Beacon way now. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, basically, he's like, listen, Jane, you've always been so supportive. I'll be supportive too. I guess we'll have a baby whenever we do. You're 21 years old. We got a little time. <laughs> also, I got some news today. That wife that we helped. She's dead. They found her in a ditch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jane. Uh, well, actually, uh, she actually killed her sister, and then this, she was talking about something about an invisible man suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this show definitely needed worked into it was the invisible man. I like the idea. Michael Mancini's now just on, like, fucking murder cadaver work. <laughs> Um, that's, you know, they kind of clink and they're like, all right, let's give this another go back to, well, then, then the, uh, oh, there's the Billy sub subplot here, which we'll get into before we get back to Joe, which is he's got a toothache. And oh. I mean, okay. He winds up going to the dentist. Allison's like, you got to go to the dentist. And when he, uh, he comes back and he's like, Alpha, somebody needs to take care of me. <laughs> He's definitely and, saying thanks, mom, more than once in this episode and really gave me the heebie jeebies. It's weird because he's like, Alpha, could you go to the video store and got me a comic book? Uh, the bubble gum. And she's like, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. And she's he like, says well, that I'm, some oh, good movies would help like him like recover from. From the tooth. Hey, Alvin. Uh, Alvin, go rent me uh, a bunch of pornography. <laughs> Could you do that a couple of porno tapes? You know? 
Batman, Batman, Batman. I want to watch Batman. By the way, Chris, you're right. He does say mom a bit here, referencing Allison. And I thought it was very interesting. Right after calling Allison his mother several times, he has a vivid sex dream (laughs) about her. He does indeed. Been there. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but no, she, so she's like, hey, it's amazing how what a shithead he is. She's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I, that's a little bit too much, Billy. He's like, hey, I just nursed you through a broken heart. You fucking owe me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, and like, that's the thing is like, if I, you know, we all live together in various parts of our life. If you were sick, I'd be like, Hey man, that sucks. Talk to you later because I'm just your roommate. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Like we're not dating. Like Billy, you're not dating her. Like she has no obligation to fucking help you out at all. Exactly. Especially after this line where Billy says that he got drilled so deep that he could hear people speaking <sighs> Chinese. <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> so the dentist drilled through his tooth, through his body, down into the ground. <laughs> Through the magma core <laughs> of the earth and back out again. Uh, I, could... I, I heard some Danish on the way, but uh, that might have been just the dentist. No, he heard the fucking screams from hell, dude, like Art Bell. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, she, she, she even says, she's like, I don't know, I think you should probably just go home to recuperate, a.k.a. leave me the fuck out of it. Yeah, she's like, I think you should go recoup at your parents' house. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, just because... That's spell week there. It's gonna take forever. I don't. I can't fucking relax with brimstone around. Okay, Allison. I can't cross my dad's pentagram. All right. <laughs> he warned me. Allison, the smell of sulfur with this medication is gonna make me throw up. I keep telling you. Look. Oh God. Did you kick the line of salt at our door? Oh no. Oh no. We're fucked. Oh, my dad's gonna be so mad. <laughs> um. He, like Eric said, he does. Uh, he goes to sleep, and you know it's a dream sequence right away. Uh, well, which like, is which is fine by me. They actually do a good job of doing like some soft lighting here, so you're like, all right. And CTS is dressed like a, a, por- a porno actress in this scene. Uh-huh. Oh, just like the video that I wanted. This is perfect. <laughs> we start because he's just going, Alphan, Alphan, in his sleep, and then we cut to this. Yeah. And then she's like, I want to take care of you, Billy. And they start making out hardcore. Dude, and when they cut back to, like, just <laughs> Billy on the couch, he is fucking this pillow. He is absolutely 100% humping a pillow. And Allison's, and he's like, Allison, Allison, oh, Allison, Allison. And she, like, <laughs> has to shake. Like, Billy, is everything okay? He's like, oh, I was just having a, a weird dream. I, I don't even remember Allison coming into the scene. It was almost like she was, like, behind the couch <laughs> and popped up to see him. And she's yeah. al- also acting really weird. Like, she's very giggly in this scene. Yeah, because well, she knows she's been watching. She's heard this. The way They edit it bad, which is why it's confusing. But, like, I think you're supposed to glean that, like, she heard him shouting from the other room and came in and then was, like, clearly able to realize, like, oh... He's probably having a sex dream about us and was just like watching it for a little bit. And I mean, like, this is why you don't sleep in the common areas, folks. If you're having a sex dream about your roommate, which is common and fine and regular. um, (laughs) At least in in Astoria when we were there. Exactly. (laughs) You don't want to be calling out their name. You you go do that behind closed doors and you can come all you want. And here's the thing. 
if in fact you fall asleep in the common room, have a sex dream about your roommate, they hear you yelling their voice, see you or yelling their name, see you uh, also kind of humping a pillow, and they wake you up and say, hey, what is that dream about? You need to come up with something better than, oh, there was a Tyrannosaurus Rex that came in, Allison, and he got you. <laughs> and she's like, well, what the fuck were you pulling that pillow for, buddy? And he's like, oh, that was, uh, that was the dinosaur's tail, Allison. <laughs> yeah, Great was, job, Billy. I was fucking the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, why, why is this uh, pillow so damp here, Billy? Well, Allison, you know the song everyone do the dinosaur? I was doing the dinosaur. <laughs> Over the door, on the floor, everybody do the dinosaur. <laughs> See, Allison? <laughs> See, okay. but we're also we're we're talking from a privileged point of view with that sleeping in your house, in your room thing, because like if you want to watch the secret of Nim as he is clearly doing before this <laughs> happens, yeah, like you can't just you, you have to do it out in the living room. You don't have a personal TV with a VCR in it. That's in true. Room. That's, That's true. true. And he one hundred percent doesn't know how to read. So yeah. Also, <laughs> also, yeah. Like, I mean, great, great, uh, fucking writing, Billy. Oh, a dinosaur. Like, come on. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like, what are you fucking doing? I, I hope you're a better fucking cab driver than you are a writer, pal. Because I, I was no, I, it was a dinosaur. I was hitting the back walls of the Jurassic era. <laughs> so that's kind of their little subplot there. And she tries to get him the next morning to uh, talk about it, and he fucking like kind of comes clean with it, and he's like, you know. Uh, well, all oh, that ever happened to you, Alvin? And she says, like, yeah, I've had sex dreams about you. And he tries to get her to, like, tell him. And he goes, you're not leaving this room until you tell me about this dream. And she's like, uh, goodbye. And fucking walks out on him. It's great. Uh, so back to Joe. She's, she tried to sell this necklace, this bracelet. So then she goes to Jake, like, hey, Jake, uh, you know, you want to be my friend. I'm in a jam here. Could you go and sell this bracelet? I don't right. have an ID. Who drives in New York? Question mark. And he's like, <laughs> okay. And he goes to a different pawn shop. And the guy's like, all right. He ha haggles the guy up to seven grand. And he's like, I just need your ID. Uh, oh, by the way, who's Beth? And he's like, Beth? Beth? And the guy's like, the name on the bracelet? He's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, dude. come on, dude. And you, again, it's my fucking dead grandmother. Let's get on with our life. Oh, exactly. Uh, oh, okay, Mr. Burns, what's your first name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this guy used to be a fucking con artist. Not very, not a good one, I guess. Oh, Who's Beth? Anthony? Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? Uh, Beth, yeah, that's uh, my brother. Uh, wait. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, crap. Uh, all right, Joe, we, we got to go to another jewelry store. Joe, I fucked it up. I said brother again. I just I keep fucking it up. Jake, you've said brother, grandfather, <laughs> uncle. Because, I mean, it's so easy. Who's Beth? Oh, that was my ex-girlfriend. Oh, stay away from redheads. Yeah. Oh, it's my dead grandmother. Anything. Exactly. It yep. didn't work out. Bah, bah, bah. You got your money. But the guys the men like, of he, Melrose Place really need to learn how to fucking think on their feet. This is ridiculous. Because then he's like, uh, oh, I'm actually just uh, selling it for a friend. And the guy's like, listen... I don't want this stolen fucking necklace. You got to get out of here. <laughs> you know, also, Jake, maybe look at the thing you're trying to sell before <laughs> exactly. you sell it. Exactly. And also, this is also uh, on Joe a little bit. You have to know that that's going to come up. Exactly. You, you know that it's there. It's your necklace. Just be like, also, look, here's this. It's my dead grandmother. <laughs> Joe is a real piece of shit in this episode. Cool. She's she's like, it's like a photo finish between her and Kay Beacon. Because... <laughs> Jake confronts her. She's waiting outside. And she's like, did you get the money, Jake? And he's like, well, no, because I fucked up this whole Beth scenario. <laughs> Who's Beth anyway? She's like, 
I don't want to talk about it. And he's like, well, no. You know, you owe me. Who's Beth? What What the fuck's going on? Well, Jake, Jake, that's my grandmother. And stay away from redheads. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, good one. Uh, he just, he flips out and fucking does a kind of dangerous peel out on this motorcycle. There were some extras passing by right here. And this is a active motorcycle scene it's kind of great because she he leaves her with the motorcycle helmet though yep. so she's got she got to walk home with that and she like kind of has a breakdown cry outside of wherever like oh everything's going so poorly um the next morning jake is awakened by police and he's like i didn't do it <laughs> it's so funny how often the police come to jake's apartment no it's it's a weekly I, occurrence. I just had this image of him like stuffing body parts into a closet like Stanley Ipkiss with the money <laughs> when he sees the police at the door. Well, 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 Jake Hansen, if it isn't Thursday again already. <laughs> oh, man, Jake with the mask? Forget about it. Oof, oh, nightmare. Fuck. Countless Shoot. dead. <laughs> um, uh, but they're like, hey, uh, did you loan your motorcycle to this woman? And it's Joe, and she's like, "Um, yeah, he did," and he like he he lets her he lets her slide with it. He gets a ticket because she didn't didn't have a motorcycle license, and he's flipping out on her, and she's like, "What, Jake? I made a mistake or something, <laughs> dude? It's fucking outrageous." And her offer is a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. She's like, "All right, Jake, how about this? I'll help you pay half the ticket." <laughs> Uh, no, the whole fucking ticket, lady. Exactly. I just saved you from getting arrested for stealing my motors. Also, like, she broke into his apartment, right? There was a mention, like, she found the spare key under the rock, and then yeah. I just went in and got his motorcycle keys. Like, was <sighs> he asleep? Was he gone? It's, it's, it, this is egregious. This she is... hasn't, like, earned any type of friendship with anyone in this place, and so she's already breaking into shit and stealing motorcycles. And what's it... wild is when they push back on it, she's like, but I'm a damaged person with secrets no, yeah. she's just a jewel thief <laughs> well, I mean, she broke into his house of course we come to find one of the secrets is like oh her husband is one of those old money mayflower families okay now you've just become even less sympathetic <laughs> uh and he's she's like he's like you got to make it up to me you got to take me to dinner because I'd, I'd be like you know what lady Thanks, but no thanks. I'll pay the ticket. Just never, ever talk to me ever again. You lunatic. Yeah, totally. Like, this is the last time we will speak, and I am counting the days until you move out of this place. You know, what is with this? All these, I guess because uh, uh, cause Mel Rowe is in league with Malachi, thrown to sacrifice young singles to the <laughs> demon gods. But, right. like, why, you know, it would be fun if, like, an old woman or an old man, like, yeah. moved into this complex. A little comic relief. Or a hey, little... who's ready to get laid? <laughs> yeah. Special I mean, appearance can... by Walter Matthau. <laughs> <laughs> They could impart sage-like advice. Walter Matthau and Eli Wallach are like sharing an apartment. <laughs> oh and my god! Have, like their pull-out yes. chart, their <laughs> pull-out chairs in front of their apartment every day. I got a d hot date with Rhonda tonight. Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like out drinking Jake and shit. Yes. Oh, that would be what? fucking awesome. Well, what are you going to do? You going to bring a flowers? <laughs> you going to bring a chocolates? What are you going to do there? I, I don't know. I never did it this way before. We'll figure it out. You know what? You go. go. I would love it if uh, there's a scene. It's Walter Matthau and Jake. They're at Shooter's. And they're doing the Marion Ravenwood shots contest. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I like and it. And Jake, Jake goes down. 
Um, we, we've been talking about it, but not talking about it. So this pool scene, it's, uh, Michael is cleaning the pool. He's like, you know, it's my week off and I would love a little bit of understanding. But meanwhile, we've got somebody who is painting the, uh, who's, I found paint cans in our new tenant's garbage. And oh, yeah. black paint for the dark room, which by the way, she paints the bathroom, even though half of it is pink tile. I don't She's know. also... In a two-bedroom apartment, yes. and in that last episode, she specified, I need a two-bedroom because I need a dark room. Well, no, yes. but, but she pisses and shits in the other room instead. <laughs> oh, the old switcheroo. Yeah, yeah, I'll use like the, pile up. I'll use the bucket the girl. I'll, yeah, I'll use the bathtub <laughs> and the toilet for the photos, and I'll just shit and piss in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. living is great. <laughs> Do I just Joe throw it Reynolds? Do I just throw it into the pool? Is that how it works, Mike? <laughs> I guess right. someone keeps throwing shit in the pool like it's the Middle Ages, Bukulk. Uh, oh, and then Billy picks it, picks up the piece of shit. Oh, it's okay. It's just a payday. And starts eating it. <laughs> I can't believe it over here. The new tenant is shitting in my pool, dude. And I- and I, I got hot surgery in 20 minutes. Uh, I, I didn't realized. even know girls did that. <laughs> it, it was a baby Ruth. Payday had, does not have chocolate on the outside. Mm, that's good. That's right. um, so but Billy's like, oh, yeah, well, that's pretty weird. Black paint. You don't know about the ins and outs of Satanism? What is it? Because he's saying something about like, oh, well, what's the matter, Michael? You're scared for a little diversity around here? Yes. What do you got against the Church of Satan or something? <laughs> yes, it's fucking crazy. Well, first of all, I mean, they reference black paint. And I think Billy just says like, oh, the diversity around here, which is a shit ass line, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess turns it into a Satanist thing. Yeah, instead. it's a. We- you know what it is? I think it's the thing where he makes that line because you know who is coming up yeah, right behind yeah. them is Rhonda, and I think he's like, "Oh fuck!" I mean, uh, <laughs> what with Satanists and all, right, Michael? Oh hey, Rhonda, didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah, see, he would have pissed off Rhonda there, but instead now he pissed off Malachi Throne. Yeah, he pissed off Mel Rowe. Yep, they have ears <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. The, the pool is his domain. He That's lives right. at the it bottom of it. At night. It's his fucking front door. And if I was living there, I would think Joe is one of his emissaries. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's kind of it. She also, by the way, she changes the locks on her door. Like, has this person ever rented an apartment? And Michael's like, okay, cool. I need a key. And she's like, why? It's like, well, yeah, because you're, that's how that works. He's like, you landlord. don't own the apartment. <laughs> Idiot. We didn't mention it, but there's a great scene of when uh, Jake eats a donut with excessive dipping. Uh, oh, dude, yeah, drinking that dunk, Dunkin' Donut. It's ne- awesome. Never dunked a donut. Not a, du- not a donut fuck dunk. You. <laughs> oh, I'm dunked? Yeah. You're, I you're lying. You've I'm not never lying. dunked a donut? I do not like it. I don't want that- fucking donut in my coffee. It's good, dude. This, well, the, you just do like a brisk dip, dude. You're not letting it swim around put, in there. I, do, you just dip your pizza in your beer or what? Ooh, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> I, I will say this: it's better when you do it like you should do it in like a diner or an actual place where you go to get like donuts specifically. He's doing it with what looks like an a, a, a Entenmann's made in 1975. <laughs> That's the problem with the dipping here. By the way, I am a firm believer that the only donut to be dunked is a plain dunking donut. Yes, the old fashioned yes. is, is preferable. Yeah, uh, you don't yes. be getting fucking powdered sugar in there steve you've ne- you've literally never done it before i mean i think i've done it and i didn't like it i just I, I, i'm not a dunker I don't, I don't, oh, I don't. fair enough all right. right into the mailbag if you're dunking donuts dude <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we actually don't because we have 10 million emails 
because it's so common. That's right. All right. You cut your fucking sandwiches in half. That will talk. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Never happening. Um, so they go out to dinner. We don't see that, but we do see them going to some hip club afterwards. It looks like a landing strip. Private pain. <laughs> yeah, it's a sex club. And Totally. And she's like, oh, cool. I want to go in here and take pictures for my portfolio. There's so many celebrities here. And Here's the <laughs> thing about her request for I need this for my portfolio. If that's the case, if you're a real deal photographer, bring in a better camera than shit that my aunt would use to take pictures at Easter. This yes. little tiny, like, personal, non-professional camera she takes out. And I kind of get it because it's like, there's some sign about, like, no pictures. It's a sign that says, no drugs, no cameras. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I want to uh, be. We, you would think, though, if you had a no cameras policy, you'd be fine with letting the drugs in. No drugs, no cameras. We mean one of these. <laughs> it is Los Angeles. No drugs in quotation marks and definitely no cameras underlined. <laughs> That's kind of what sucks is I kind of wanted to see the inside of this place. I thought it would be like the club from Bad Boys. Uh, you like know what? The basic instinct. The finger thing means the money because they yeah. think they only some guy shows up and is like, oh, hey, Beth, Beth, it's me, Ronald. Remember me? And she's like, uh, I don't know you. And wrong lady. That's right. And he's like, come on, Beth. What the fuck? And the, uh, <laughs> Jake is like, hey, man, the lady said she didn't know you. Leave her alone. And the guy's like, okay. And he starts swinging at Jake. I love it. He gets a he gets a hit in, I think. And then Jake just fucking cleans this dude's clock and leaves his body laying in the street. There is a shot of that guy just laying on the ground totally dead. <laughs> and then it's Jake going, hey, Joe? <laughs> just Joe. walking away. Joe, I need someone to help load this guy on the motorcycle so we can go to the ravine. <laughs> yeah. He's like he's definitely getting ready to do something here because he keeps on like smelling her erotically. Yeah, and like trying to get a kiss in, and I'm like, oh man, you're not on the riverboat yet. You gotta <laughs> bide your time here, buddy. But she ghosts him here, leaves him with the dead body, and he's like, come on, Joe, I knocked them out. You go through their pockets. That's how this works. Joe, when he fell after my punch, he hit his head on a rock. <laughs> Um, he goes back to Melrose Place and he's like, what the fuck, Joe? You left me there. And she's just like, I'm a very difficult person or something. <laughs> and again, like, it just, and like, I think that then the next morning he goes back to her apartment and he's like, listen, lady, we need to figure this out because I, I like you a lot. And you're great, but I need to know some stuff. And I'm like, what's great about her really like she's attractive sure but it's melrose place that everybody's attractive well because it's i think dude it stems from the convo they had back at the ravine earlier in the episode because they're both talking about how like they grew up as you know on their own a lot so they got used to being alone they like being alone and they're talking about how that's like you know like oh yeah jake's like yeah i love the freedom of like being on my own and everything and i think they're realizing like oh fuck the two of us could be alone together yep. right it's yeah. like do nothing together yep. be alone together yeah cut back to that scene and we get an extended piece like yeah i uh, buried melissa alone down there <laughs> i buried samantha alone down there uh but yeah there's a bunch of them i did alone but the way that they were treating this whole who's Beth story, it's very, like, Lynchian almost. Just like, yeah. Joe is both Joe and Beth. <laughs> you see, this is another weird story I'm setting in Los Angeles. <laughs> 
suddenly she's like played by Bill Pullman, who's <laughs> Baffle exactly. Song Getty or whatever. Joe goes into the motorcycle club as Daphne Zuniga. Bang, she comes out, Bill Pullman. <laughs> I love it. Like now some we've lightning got a, crashes. And that's right. Jake is dunking his donuts like it's 1958. I love it. <laughs> that's right, actually. That dude is a dunker. Oh, you you kidding me? Guaranteed David Lynch dunks donuts and coffee. Definitely, definitely. And then Robert Blake comes out and says, I'm at your house dunking donuts right now. (laughs) And David Lynch only eats dunking donuts. Like He thinks it's too fancy with the powdered sugar and the glaze. I mean, the guy, he's famous for eating at Bob's Big Boy still, so. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's disgusting, (laughs) right? He apparently took a lot of meetings there. Wow, at a Bob's Big Boy? (laughs) Yeah. Billy cool. is having a dream, and then all of a sudden he's uh, cut to Courtney Thorne Smith talking backwards in the Red Lodge, in the Black Lodge. <laughs> I listened to some interview recently where he was like being interviewed about um, potentially working on Return of the Jedi, and one of his things that he didn't like about going up to meet George Lucas in Northern California, he was like, it was Northern California, and they have these salads, and then I'm eating a salad. <laughs> So I was, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe will have these really weird teeth. They're going to really unsettle you. Uh, uh, Mr. Lynch, your uh, dipping flipping fryers are here. Uh, here (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much. Yummy. Thank you, darling. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Willem Dafoe in this motel in the middle of nowhere with Nick Cage in a snake jacket. (laughs) Great movie. Uh, So they wind, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She explains that Beth is her real name. Her name is Joe Beth, but in New York she went by Beth because her mom committed suicide, and she was the only one that called her Joe, and she felt at that time that that's the only person she wanted to ever call her Joe kind of right. a thing. It's right, nice, right, right. sort of sweet, yada, yada. If it's true. Yeah, it's tr- I mean, that's the thing that you don't know. And Jake's like, awesome, let's make out. And they like hardcore make out, cue the Melrose Place make out music, and that's the end of the episode, but like, what is going on with this lady? It's just a lot of secrets, man. Mm. She's wrapped up in a lot of shit, well, and it's only going to get heavier. Well, I mean, if you are the riverboat strangler, I feel like you need more like complex women to strangle. You can't just like be getting blondes off the sidewalk every day. I'm That's sick of murdering point. bimbos. <laughs> he has to change up the M.O. to keep the police off the tracks. Yeah. That's true. He's, he's, he's killing some dudes in there, too. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to be up there with the greats like Zodiac. He doesn't want to be low time his whole life. Look, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. That's why I'm trying to push this horse off this ravine. (laughs) Listen, I'm the East Area Rapist, original Night Stalker, and uh, (laughs) I'm just hiding out for a couple years in Melrose Place until I'm eventually found out by Ancestry.com, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Look, here's the deal. I'm going to lay low for murdering people for a while and really dig my heels in on some quality arson. <laughs> I love the ancestry because that happened with what the Golden State yeah. Killer or yeah. someone. Yeah. I just love that whole thing. It's just like, yeah, I've been killing people for years, <laughs> but now I'm like really curious if I'm Irish or not. <laughs> so I better send in my DNA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're uncovered by Trish from Ancestry.com who took in your kit. <laughs> oh, geez, looks like we got another serial killer here. Uh-oh. 
Yeah, that's right. I left her in a fucking 40 barrel drum and ooh, I guess I'm a little West Indian. Interesting. <laughs> oh, two percent, you say. Wow. Wait, wait, I'm being arrested. <laughs> Did anybody watch that HBO doc? I'm in the middle of it. it, it it's no. it's still airing. It's good. It's good. It's Oh, it's oh, I thought it was just a two part thing. No, it's a series. It's like five gotcha. or six episodes. It's it's oh, it's, okay. it's it's basically it's Pat Oswald's uh uh now dead wife, uh kind of going through her book uh, that she wrote about the East uh, uh, East Area rapist who turned into the original Night Stalker, who is the Golden State Killer, all kind of rolled into one. It's 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 really good. It's 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 kind of mixing, uh, like true crime stuff with like really kind of gut wrenching personal stuff because it's not a nice story for her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Michelle McNamara was Michelle that. McNamara. I keep forgetting that name. I'll be gone in the dark. Is that what it's called? That's the th- the title is too much. It's it's like I'll be gone in the dark sometimes around now dark time. <laughs> If there's a serial killer, I need like it's the story, you know, just like a two, three word title. No, I think that, no. I think is it night outside would be a good one. <laughs> is no. it night outside? It has to sound like a bright eyes song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need more commas. <laughs> yeah, dude. Once you get a comma in there, you got to get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Oh. Speaking of Melrose Place is over with. Uh, yeah, so that was our episode of Melrose Place. As we always do, I'll go around asking for parting shots and or are you excited to pick this back up when this series eventually, and that's a capital E eventually, uh, picks back up on Patreon? I'll start with you, Chris Cabin. Uh, absolutely. This was a really crazy episode, I thought. I, a lot of things going on at the same time. All things I was interested in, so, more attention was given to stuff I don't care about than was to stuff I do care about. But everybody was active. I, I was entertained by everything. Things were strange enough that I was paying attention. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Kay Beacon, uh, amazing <laughs> emissary of the devil, uh, as is Joe. Uh, and I look uh, forward to seeing more of their dastardly deeds when we come back to this. <laughs> um, uh, Eric Siska? Yeah, I also want to see uh, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap coming up uh, on future installments of Melrose Place. Um, it's bittersweet, but at the same time, I wish I wish it was a different episode to end this out on because Kay Beacon and Joe is a bit much so far. I'm I'm excited to unravel that mystery, but man, they are pushing the mystery, and it was a little <laughs> annoying. But you know, obviously, I'm still here, uh, Andrew. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I know um, we've had a lot of fun doing this show, and I know that a lot of folks have gotten a lot out of it uh, during this quarantine time, um, you know, which the quarantine's not ending. We're just ending this as we get a little busier, uh, like we've said. But there's still crazy stuff to come when we come back with this, uh, you know, such as the next uh, the next episode of Melrose Place we will see has... Uh, Allison uh, running into some health problems. Oh, no. Jake may have a kid. Oh, no. Um, you know, and then it sucks because we're just two episodes shy. We have uh, episode 18, you guys, A Melrose Place Christmas uh, with Dr. Kimberly Shaw returning to the show. And you also get Matt's fucking dad in that episode. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, to look forward to. And then just shortly after that, oh, and also Rhonda meeting her uh, future husband happens uh, right around here. So there's a lot going on. I'm excited to continue when we when we bring this back on Patreon. Uh, you know, like I said, I, it was a show that I just watched when I was way too young to be watching it. I had no business watching it. 
this brought back a lot of fun memories. You know, the the brilliant times of the '90s, which you know is definitely a rose-colored glasses situation. You know, don't think I don't know that. Um, but yeah, no, um, I hope folks enjoyed this, and we enjoyed making it. We sure did. Yeah, um, party shots here. Yeah, like I'm, I, I kind of, I don't remember the Joe secret. I know it's probably not what we've already learned. There's probably more to it, but it better be fucking witness protection because the way this woman <laughs> is treating people, it cannot just be like, ooh, I had a bad marriage and it sucks and now I'm edgy. So get the get fucked, lady. Um, <laughs> by the way, a little, uh, I was looking up our our good friend Kay Beacon. She is coming back in a couple episodes. Uh, of this series, she's, she's four or five uh, uh, appearances, but her name, as I said, is Sydney Walsh. Uh, but yeah. she was on an episode of this show called "Hold On, Sweet Justice," and she's credited. You know, IMDb will always like in parentheses, like as if you're credited as something else. Oh, right. But it's 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 clearly whoever was doing the titles on Sweet Justice just did a typo because she's as Sydney Walsh, S-N-S-Y-N-D-N-E-Y. Because if somebody's like, oh, fuck, sorry. It's like, oh, look, did you see my Sweet Justice episode? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is ridiculous. What, it's spelled like the city or something? No, S-Y-N-D-N-E-Y. So that's like sinned knee, which is not that's anything. Really weird. Yeah, that's that's not a name. That's just at all. a typo. It's like literally just a typo. I, I see. I just thought maybe that she was named after where the, where where she was conceived. But. Oh. Also, we were we were three episodes shy of getting Jane's sister on the show. Oh, uh, Sydney, of course. Which we will get uh, very soon. Yeah, when we come back. Yeah. I'm yeah. I've had a lot of fun doing this show, and obviously I'm more of a 90210 guy. Uh, I've actually been really enjoying the Miller's Place part of this as well. Uh, so I'm glad we did both, and we will continue to do both. Uh, sometime later on, kick this can down the road. We are not ending quarantine, nor should you, because we'd that's like right. we would like to uh, uh, have a, a world again, and that's the only way we're going to do it. But we're actually just getting a little busy, and we wanted to actually take some time off because this has been a bit intensive for a bit. So, but that's not not yet, because next week we're coming back with our final nine zero two one zero of the season. But we will say goodbye, uh, put a, a circle of salt around Melrose Place so that we uh, no one can leave or enter it until we come back. I, Malachi Throne, am officially <laughs> shutting down the portal to hell for an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it. Uh, I have been Steven Sadak. Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. Take it easy, remain indoors, and wear a fucking mask! <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.